This podcast contains strong language and some adult content. If you are easily offended, this show might not be for you. Hello everybody, this is Dakota from Media Dungeon, your DM for the night. I'm here to let you guys know that if you want to get ahead of the schedule, or if you want to get involved in some behind the scenes content, check us out at media underscore dungeon on Twitter. If you'd like to help us out by spreading the word, hashtag myth and murder or hashtag media dungeon. Or if you don't have a Twitter, any social media will do. Just let people know that we're out there. Tell your friends, we'd really appreciate it. With all that out of the way, let's jump right into it. And I hope you guys enjoy tonight's episode. Okay, we're back, and everyone has leveled up and gathered some new abilities and have discussed the three new items that they have all purchased. Uh, Sean purchased a warehouse that is going to be used as the party's headquarters. Benjamin is going to be getting one membership to the Paradise Casino under the name <laughs> Mr... Funches? Funches? Funches. Funches. Sammy, you're looking for an iron weapon. Mm-hmm. You want to get a riot <clears throat> baton made of iron that can be used against Fey and has a sheath that has a lead insulation that would allow you to have it near Sebastian without having negative effects. That is correct. You travel through the city... Asking around, very subtly, not drawing too much attention to yourself. You find yourself past downtown, crossing the river, and on the island, uh-huh. where there seems to be just a lot of warehouses and factories, and there's not a whole lot of residential area here. You find yourself outside of a warehouse at the pier. There are a few men outside who are standing guard outside of this building, and you know this location to be a place where someone would find not necessarily magical items, but weapons that are beyond the normal human scope. I guess I walk up to the guys at the door, I give them a knowing nod, and then I go to... Hmm. Oh my god. You just go to go to... One of these guys puts his hand out in front of you. You got an appointment? No. However, I've spoken with insert name of criminal contact who led me here. <laughs> uh, oh my god, you're just gonna roll over on that. And then I, <laughs> I I flash just a wad of cash. So and so said I was cool, so I'm coming in. Name <laughs> I, I flash a wad of cash, fifteen hundred dollars worth of it. Do you guys know Alec Baldwin was a mythical? I didn't. He says I'm cool though, so I'm gonna go in. <laughs> They talk to each other for a moment and then eventually allow you to go inside. You enter this warehouse. Inside is a lot of people working on boats of various sizes, but they also seem to be stripping some of them, almost like a chop shop type situation, but for boats. boats. Some of them are fairly large, um, but they also, that doesn't stop them from picking up like smaller yachts and stuff too. Mm-hmm. And they're dragging off different supplies Always and things bigger. from the boats. You are led down 
off the catwalk down the stairs into the main warehouse floor. They just kind of like have a couch down here with like a small table where uh, there's a man counting money mm-hmm. and there's a TV set up on a cardboard box. The These guys are just sitting here talking, having a good time laughing, and they are just surrounded by so many valuables that they have been stripping from ships. And there's a man, tan skin, black hair that's swept back, kind of greasy under a red bandana. He is a very busy man and does a lot of work that is probably not super above the table. But he is the one that is counting these large stacks of money. So obviously he is doing fairly well for himself. Uh-huh. He looks up at you. And then looks at the other people sitting around bullshitting with him. And he kind of does a double take and then slaps one of them on the leg and like waves them all away. I pull up a seat. I sit down next to him. So this guy sits back a bit and gets comfortable and he's like, hey. Nice to meet you. How much? My name's Sammy. He outstretches his hand, he shakes your hand. He says, well, Sammy, it's nice to meet you. My name's Sinbad. God, I try not to laugh because maybe he is Sinbad. The goddamn <laughs> singer. <laughs> like the actual Fuck. the actor. <laughs> See, I I've been actually, you know, looking all over for a man just like you. Oh, is that right? I'm good, darling, but I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is. Thank you. I'm in need of a very special item. Okay, well, what what is it that you're looking for? I'm looking for a baton. I need something that can handle the fair folk. Something made of iron, something with a nice lead casing. How much money are you looking to spend? Whatever it's worth. All right. Can't argue with that. (laughs) So, what is it exactly you need this for? You plan on slaying some fae? I would rather be prepared than caught unaware. Once again, you sound like a very reasonable woman, Sammy. <laughs> Wink at him. Sexy. Dams. Get the dams. <laughs> I sit. I cross my legs. <laughs> Sharon Stone's in. Get that real Face nice. Face against it. <laughs> Get those real nice slacks on. Yeah, those Make slacks. Make thighs look awesome. <laughs> Trust me, I know how dangerous. Fae can be. I've come across my fair share. I may or may not be one. I'm like, that's a, that <laughs> sounds like a tale best told over a drink. Oh, yeah. That it does. Hey, oh. gonna fuck pirate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. That's a hashtag. gonna fuck a pirate. <laughs> um, snaps his fingers and some guy comes over with some wine. And you guys sit down in this really greasy, disgusting location (laughs) and have a nice conversation over wine about the many tales of Sinbad. Which you're not super sure whether or not these are real or not. Can I roll an insight? Yeah, sure, go for it. Telling me the tales? Yeah. Oh, man. He didn't roll much better than you. (laughs) My insight is a plus five, though, so I'm looking at a seven. He got a 25. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> off of a three. <laughs> oh, uh, no. He's been doing this a long time. It, up. <laughs> it sounds genuine. It sounds like, like he has dealt with he many different shark. types of fae. 
most of them are water-based fey, things uh -huh. that you would see out in the ocean or... Did he blow Nox's head off, though? In yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess I would try and, you know, like, chat him up and I'd be like, oh, so you know all about those Nox. Yeah, I've gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with a few Nox before. <laughs> I'm like, do you really ever get over the smell, though? <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Acquired taste? <laughs> I don't, maybe he ate the, I don't know. <laughs> They're part edible. At minimum, 50% edible. Yeah. <laughs> you spent a few hours here, just kind of talking about it. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't tell you any of the stories that you would have heard through those stories, like the legends. He would have uh. told you stuff that no one really knows about unless you're okay. in his inner circle. Yeah. And he also makes sure to only tell the most interesting or dangerous uh -huh. stories, the more romantic tales, to make himself seem better. Girthier. <laughs> <laughs> After you guys have a few drinks and he tells you a few stories and you guys hit it off pretty well, he... Uh, Gives you his personal contact in case you might need that for anything. Number. And I then also my number, lets you know. Not my card. I write on like a hundred dollar bill on the table. <laughs> okay. He will be in contact with you whenever he either finds this item or uh, is able to get someone in to craft it for him. Benjamin's downtime item, which was the one scroll, the one magical scroll. Um, so I'm going to tie that in with your Carl visit because you were going to go by there anyway. So yeah. we're going to jump to that next. So you head to Carl's apartment and you knock on the door. There is no response. Aww. You guys say that every time. Someone knocks on the door, no one responds, everyone's dead. <laughs> He's not in the shower. We're everyone's dead. <laughs> everyone's always dead. I guess I would go across the street and make a phone call on a pay phone. Okay. And you call Carl's home or his cell phone or whatever you've yeah. been contacting him on recently. And there is still no response. Does it look like there's a light on in his home? Um, yeah, you look up onto that floor. He has that whole floor, so yeah. uh, the lights are on in his apartment. Is there a fire escape? Yeah, there would be. Are you going to totally walk in on him like on a nice date? Should <laughs> <laughs> be sitting there being like, oh I'm going to throw my basketball up onto the top of the fire escape, like up to like where I would need to go get it. Like, I have to go up to the fire escape. Oh, yeah, like, oh, sorry, fellas, I lost my basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to move that through too hard. 20 stories up. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, gotta go get it. You hop up and pull down the ladder to the fire escape, and you go up after your basketball. Yeah. You, you get the basketball, but then you just, you know, you use that momentum to continue your way to the top of this building. Well, sure, I'm already right here. You're like, oh, I guess I just gotta get my basketball, and I just gotta get it, and you just keep playing. Um, eventually, you get outside of Carl's apartment. I would like to stealth as I peek in. Yeah, go for it. Oh, no, that didn't look good. <laughs> it was a five. <laughs> you peek your head up into one of these windows into Carl's apartment, and you see... Carl, sitting in one of the seats in his apartment, not moving. You can 
tell that he's breathing from this distance, but just seems to be blankly staring in a direction. The window opens, and a hand reaches out and grabs onto you, and attempts to pull you in through the window. Throw them out of the window on, like, off the fucking <laughs> You're like, nope, I'm not going in there, you're coming out of here. <laughs> um, Get ready to fall 13 stories out of this building. <laughs> I'm 12 years old, that'll like to touch. I'm a robot, I don't know who you are, we're gonna fuck you I'd fall into the apartment. Okay. Yeah. Um, you are dragged into the apartment through the window, and I'm gonna immediately shout, "I'm gonna tell my dad about this." <laughs> Camera. Uh, the man who has you. It's a man with very short black hair, kind of a, a scarred face. They weren't clean cut. Some of them are pretty warped. He has a thick flannel jacket that looks like it's been around, it's seen some shit just as much as he has. And over that, he has a tan leather vest that the first thing you notice, it has the sigil of the paladins on it. One of the sleeves of this flannel is pulled up from the elbow and is like pinned up. This man doesn't have a right arm. And he has dragged you in with his one arm and pinned you to the ground. There are two other men in this room. One man is standing over the man who just pulled you in and is looking down at you, concerned. Um, he seems like he doesn't feel super comfortable with whatever this man is doing to this child. Um, <laughs> short brown hair, glasses, bit more business casual, but he has like a nice gray hoodie underneath a like a blazer. He also has a sigil on his jacket of the Paladins. There's a man sitting in a chair that is directly across from Carl. A man in a long white coat with black accents and fairly well-dressed. He's got a suit on underneath and he has this dark gray hair with lighter gray and white hair starting to fill in on the sides of his head. Mm -hmm. Clean shaven, very chiseled jawline. Uh, he's got a bigger build to him. He's not a scrawny man. And he's sitting here with his legs crossed, just kind of watching this situation play out. The man who has you pinned to the ground looks over to the man in white. Seems to just look at him to see what is going to happen next. The man in white looks at you, and for a moment you see his eyes glass over all white and then return Aww. to normal. Benjamin, it's nice that you have finally come to join us. I uh, don't mean to alarm you. I, Mr. King here is a little quick on the draw for my taste, so I didn't mean to cause him any harm. He is fine. He is just temporarily paralyzed for the moment. You pick up on that it's more connected to some type of electrical spell. Because you're so connected to that element, you can kind of smell it in the air like it's got... Ozone. Right, you're picking up on it. Devin, let the boy go. And the man who has you pinned to the ground releases you and stands back up. Dust myself <laughs> off and slowly get up and like... First thing you notice is that this is one of the few times that you've had a conversation with someone that they're not looking at your crotch. They're looking <laughs> up at you. He seems to see through your glamour. Did the other two see through his glamour? Or are they still looking at his crotch? They're looking at him like he's a child. Ah. Do I recognize his name? Um, you're not super sure. 
Yeah, he has a familiar presence. You, he, see, he seems like someone that you should know, but you don't know personally. Like, you may have seen him in passing before somewhere. You said my friend Carl was quick on the draw. Uh, ah, yes. Were and you threatening he, him? He outstretches his hand and, uh, with two fingers, quickly levitates a gun from a near coffee table that has the... Victor's... Victor's insignia on it. <laughs> oh, no. And says, to be fair, we did approach Carl fairly quickly. He seemed a bit skittish. What the hell did you do to him? Trust me. If we wanted to harm Mr. King, we would have. Trust we came here you? to speak with him. And like I said, he was... You pulled an innocent boy through a window and held him down on, on the ground <laughs> against his will. And I'm supposed to, quote, trust you? You're going to have to give me a little more than that. I don't even know your name. He stands up and he walks over to you. And he puts his hands in his pockets, but there is a arcane swirl in the air as he pulls mana from the air around him and forms a large purple ghost-like hand about the size of your real robotic hand to shake it. I am Dr. Vincent Stryker. Oh. With the Enclave. Ba-bum! Who's actually a pallet? What? It's nice to finally meet you, Benjamin. Likewise, Dr. Stryker. I've heard a lot of good tales. You mind if I capture this moment? (laughs) (laughs) And I blind him with my disposable camera flash. Take a picture of him. He's gonna ruin your disposable camera. Dr. Deception check. <laughs> that was on a 20. And then it rolled to a it 2. Was. Okay. Well, Benjamin, I couldn't care less how you retrieved that book. In fact, I think you should keep it. Thanks. I would like to actually know more about it. That's why I think you could help. We can get to all that in time. You're not going to put me in a van, are you? <laughs> I really don't want to go in the van, van. Vincent. <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> no, I do not plan on throwing you in a van. It's a long story. Don't worry about it, Vincent. It's okay if I call you Vincent, not Dr. Stryker, right? That's fine. <laughs> I have been following up on you, Benjamin. I have heard some things uh, about your recent project, and you have piqued my interest with your current predicament. Oh, I feel great. <laughs> Well, I would like to give you an opportunity. I'm going to suggest something, and you don't have to necessarily take part, but I want you to know that the option's there. 
I want you to continue working on your project. And I think I could find it in my heart to fund this project to be reopened. What's the catch? There's not really a catch, Benjamin. You Bobby. find a way to put yourself back in your body. Do you have my body? I believe your body might be closer than you think. You find a way to reverse the things that happened when you were attempting your recruitment. You get yourself back in your body. You present us with your work and your findings, and I will see to it that not only you, but anyone who helps you in this endeavor are accepted into the Enclave. Obviously, you will have to do the rest of the work. After that, if you are accepted into the Enclave, you will have to continue through the university. But I believe you have spent a significant amount of time in your studies. I, I think you might be able to make it through. I think you have what it takes. Why are you doing this? Why help me? What happened to you? It's not something that someone should have to live with, especially if there's something that we can do. You were on the brink of something, something that has yet to be dealt with in the arcane world. You almost created a construct that has the capacity to be controlled from the inside by a pilot that could be hundreds and thousands of miles away. And as of right now, the only thing that is stopping you from continuing this research is your resources. I understand that one of your colleagues was funding this experiment and most of them left you after this all went wrong. Is that right? That's correct. Mr. King here is the only one who has stuck by you. That's right. And he has reason to be as skittish as he is. You and Carl were attempting to get into the Enclave before this. Would you be interested in attempting one last time? Sure. You gotta do something for me. Just humor me. Can you explain these ley lines and some sort of reason as to why they're acting the way that they are? You've picked up on that. Certainly. <laughs> this happens from time to time. There is some variation in the power of the ley lines. Sometimes it can be a connection to the time of year, maybe a solstice, um, but this isn't connected to anything. We are looking into it, but we have yet to find a reason for it. It could be a myriad of different things. You haven't gotten any leads yet? Not quite. Well, we have some other matters to attend to, so we will leave you to it then. He snaps his fingers and Carlos <laughs> and stands up from his chair. <laughs> Thinking he's about to die. They gather their things and they head for the door. Make good use of the artifacts that you procured from the bank. I believe they will make better use in your hands than locked in a box. He gives a slight <laughs> grin and turns away and heads out into the hallway and down the stairs, followed by the two other men. Shut the door behind them, and you and Carl are standing in his apartment. And I present to him the evil wand. <laughs> oh my god! <coughs> Carl's still recovering. Uh, and then that on top of it, just like, he's so flustered. Passes out. 
Blood, Should bloody I start nose. with the book? Should you, you want to start with the book? <laughs> bloody Nose passes out, wakes up six hours later. He goes over to his refrigerator and he gets down into the bottom of it and pulls out a bottle of liquor. And oh, baby, no. Starts taking some drinks from it. I'll take drinks with him. He catches his breath, sits it on the counter, passes it over to you. Uh, his hands are shaking and he like reaches into his breast pocket and pulls out a pack of smokes and is like trying to. Carl, like, Carl, super... come on, man. <laughs> and take the cigarettes and set them down. Carl, take a deep breath. You either handed liquor to a robot or to a child. <laughs> either way, it's illegal, but it's gonna be okay. Dr. Stryker. Yeah, I heard. Knows way too much information. <laughs> but he's not being malicious yet. So we gotta either skip town or accept this as good faith <laughs> and just move on and keep the research going. Yeah, I don't. I, mm. <laughs> hey, what, do you, what do you think? Is this for real? I think it's a ruse. I think there's a lot that he's not telling us. Do I have the ability to see through it? No. Do I have the ability to know where he's wanting to go? No. Do I know that he knows about a thing that he shouldn't know about? Yes. <laughs> Does that make me very uncomfortable? Yes! <laughs> what do you want to do then? Should I start looking for people to help us with this? I mean, he said he'd fund the project, but I doubt you'd be able to get any of the old players back in. Honestly, if this is... If there's even the smallest chance this is real, I don't think we need those fuckers. We don't know. We don't need them. They got us into this problem, and then when they, when you needed them, they were gone. So I fuck them. Yeah. Let's get other people. But I think the enclave would be the same way. Sure, they're standing behind us now, but for what? To steal our research? To take all of our hard work? I mean. There's always a chance that they, I mean, we'll still get credit for it, but yeah, ooh, that information ooh. is still going to, it's going to go somewhere. You're right, but. We get credit to a college that, what, after we've done all the research and done it, we've done something that even the college can't do. He admitted that to us. Yeah. In that regard, why do we even need the Enclave? I mean, it could, it could look good on an application. To what? <laughs> I got a new place place. for you to stay. What? I want you to live in my warehouse. (laughs) Oh, now it's your warehouse. (laughs) You think it's not safe to stay here? (laughs) Do you think it's safe to stay here? I gestured vaguely the gun that is like on the floor somewhere. It's like, all right, I I just need a second to pack some stuff. Can you just wait a second? Yeah, I'll go get my truck. He, (laughs) He jogs up the metal spiral stairs to the opening that leads up into his magic pocket lab and he grabs the side of the hole in the ceiling and just peels the hole off <laughs> folds it up and puts it in his pocket what and the comes shit? back down the stairs uh, goes over to a coat rack, grabs his jacket puts it on and he's like alright let's go <laughs> dude this guy's the coolest. <laughs> I want this guy's thing. Classic. I like <laughs> I you make sure to lock his windows and doors and stuff when you guys go. We take the bottle of whiskey or whatever it is. Okay. <laughs> Sammy, you were going to look into 
the end of the line stuff or see if Wallace had some information for you. I think you were planning on confronting him a little bit. So Sammy, you head back to the Northern Precinct, saying hello to all the people that you haven't seen in a while. Yeah, just reminding them that I'm alive and still doing stuff and part of the system. Right. You get outside of Captain Wallace's office and the door's shut and the lights aren't on inside. I guess I try the door anyway. Yeah. Door opens. You get inside. No one's in here. Close the door. I'm going to take a look around his office and then probably end with snooping through his desk. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> Just like light snooping. There is one folder that is sitting on his desk. It has a, like a case file number on the front of it, but you recognize this to be a, a thing that he has done from time to time. Whatever case that he is actively working on, he always does this. Not only as a way to remain focused on just the one thing that he's working on, but also as a way of almost protecting himself if anything happens or anyone wants to know, like, the last lead that he was following, if something were to happen to him. Yeah. I take a look at that last lead. You... And maybe skim through the stuff in the back just to get context. You flip open the file, and on the left side is the... Standard paperwork, it's like paperclip to the back wall of it, of the mm -hmm. folder. This is the case that was opened up uh, the night after you all went to the end of the line. And there is a tall stack of paperwork in this folder of different things that he has done since that day. But the first thing at the very top of that pile is a calling card for the Paradise Casino. You go, you go through the backlog of paperwork. All of the information that he has gathered from the stuff that was happening underneath end of the line. The stuff that was happening okay. in the abandoned subway station. He had been looking into this for a couple of weeks now. And has gathered information that some of the quote-unquote cattle that was found down there was supplied to that location from somewhere else. And all of those people were directed there from or worked for the casino. I take pictures of just like, I thumb, take a picture, thumb, take a picture. It's easier to take a picture than sit here and read it. I leave the police station walking down the steps out to my car. I call the Goldilocks. Arthur does pick up. Hey Arthur, it's your favorite detective. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, detective, what can I do for you? It's pretty busy in here, so, you know, keep it oh, short. Oh, this is quick. I just uh, wanted to call ahead, be polite, and let you know I'd be dropping by. And that's it. Uh, not what you want to hear from a detective. <laughs> I'm going to be coming in. Don't worry about it. Not telling you uh, when I'm coming in, not telling you why. Just yeah. be like, I'm stopping in. He's like, let me just give you a whole bunch of anxiety immediately. <laughs> uh, any particular reason... He's like, you know, I just wanted to chat you up more about the dangers of the city. He hangs up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly how I thought the conversation was going. <laughs> so now we're going to jump to Sebastian at Our Lady of Sorrow Catholic Church. Trip. Sebastian yep. arrives, goes inside. 
and uh, goes and finds Gabriel. Yeah. So describe Gabriel to us. What does Gabriel look like? I imagine him as not like a super big dude, like a relatively slight art guy, late 30s, early 40s or something like that. Older, but like old enough to like have people that like look up to him and stuff like that, but not right. like he's a younger priest. One of those like just like kind almond shaped eyes, like the kind like stop, like crinkly in the corners, <laughs> kind of like stops and listens to you when you talk kind of right. thing. Like I imagine it was like a black guy with like short, shorter hair. And I I go to him and like it's been, what day is it? It's not Sunday, right? Uh, it's a Friday. Friday. Okay. You know, catch up on like the news of the church basically before anything. After like a minute of touching base, be like, Gabriel, I, I saw her. She, our lady, I saw her. She spoke to me. Uh, what, what do you mean? Um, I, in a dream, I saw Our Lady of Sorrows, uh, and I, like, described this, like, beautiful woman hanging from, mm -hmm. like, in this, like, over this pool hanging, like, trying to not give, like, support and wisdom and, like, power, but give, like, support and recognition. That was the key piece of, like, for Sebastian that he was, like, this is her. This is Our Lady. Right. Like, I prayed and she's, she spoke to me. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, I have never heard of anything like this before. I, I, honestly, I, I mean, I didn't this church has bounced around between so many people, but I just, honestly, I just thought it was a name. Mm -hmm. I, I think she's had many names. But that's that's not important now. I I have I, uh, I have a request for you. Do you um, <laughs> He's like wait wait wait. <laughs> you just told me you, that this god is real. <laughs> do you think? Um, you she, believe this woman to be God? Sebastian stops, and I lost a long time ago. What I stood for and believed in. And I almost walked away from everything that I had known. In her presence was the only recognition of feeling that again in a very, very, very long time. I believe she is the expression of the God that we know. What we've recognized before, but she is God. You said this was a dream. What do you think that means? She is weak right now. Like sort of cast, it seems like Sebastian's sort of casting around for the right word and can't right. quite settle yeah. on the right <laughs> description. I think appeared to me the way that she has or the way that she did or called me to her because that was the only way she could, she can right now for, for us. And like after a brief moment, I was like, excuse me. And starts to like unbutton his button down and is like, I need to show you something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a moment where you confused on what's happening. He's like, uh, and then. Bear with me. <laughs> and because he knows. It was just a lawsuit about this. I don't want to. He's like, yeah, whoa. <laughs> um, and he like unbuttons the button down just enough to like pull it to the side and show one of the like puncture marks that's like right. even in glamour has that like yeah stony in glamour crack. there's like the it, there's two 
fairly large-sized scarred spots. Like divot? Yeah. Lump. You know I've been working in the city, trying to do my best to look out for those that need it. I was injured. Feeling that I can feel like is the opposite of that, or is my faith, is when I was in the presence of Our Lady. When I work here, when I'm with you, Gabriel, when I pray. And I don't know what this is, but I'm coming to you for guidance. Can you help me? Sebastian, I, um, I don't really know how to help you here. Do you, the wounds look healed? And they look, and they're like whole puncture wounds when I'm in gargoyle. Yeah, um, in, right? yeah. It's if much you drop more clear, your glamour, there's, yeah, those holes are still then. there. You're, you, I would warn him beforehand. <laughs> you take a step back and you drop your glamour and he steps forward and takes a look at the, the two holes in your chest. Mm -hmm. He looks at them and he can see the cracking and dark webbing that's coming across them. What? What would you like me to do? How can I help? Honestly, Gabriel, if you could just pray for me, I just... I'll figure it out, but I need to know I'm not alone in this. He comes over to you and he he raises his hand up onto your shoulder and just kind of gives you a pat and is like, you're, you're going to be okay. Um, I want to pray when he does that and be he, like, lady! <laughs> he, um... He keeps his hand on your shoulder and he lowers his head and closes his eyes and he begins to pray with you. You guys get about halfway through the prayer when you feel this odd feeling that you haven't really ever felt before. To you as a gargoyle, you don't know what this sensation is, but as a human sitting at this table... Uh -huh. the, Sebastian is feeling the sensation of like he's about to vomit. Like he can feel something <laughs> coming up out of his is. chest. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Gargoyles have never vomited. They've never had any bodily functions before. <laughs> I never thought about that until right now. <laughs> like he's just like, like, what is that? Oh God! Oh. You open your eyes and you look down at your chest and. There's this glowing bright light that starts from the outside of the webs and slowly starts pulsing its way inward towards the holes. And as they pass over the webbing, the webbing begins to close. And eventually this light emanates from these two piercings on your body and slowly fade in, closing the holes. The stone that is replacing the negative space is a lot brighter and looks a lot newer, like it has brought in new stone, which is another thing that you have also never experienced before. Normally, if a gargoyle was to lose a part of their body, it's just gone, gone. forever. Gabriel opens his eyes at the end of the prayer and realizes what has happened. Kind of goes into a bit of shock. I, um, I understand the power of prayer, but I have never seen something like this happen before. You performed a miracle today. <laughs> and be like, with the power of Our Lady. <laughs> Sebastian's like, these are my people, this is my flock, this is my woman, like, I found my sanctuary! <laughs> you guys bond over this experience. 
and you talk a, a bit more about your vision means. and like what this all means and what is to come. Mm-hmm. And you hear this sound from upstairs. Um, it sounds like something small, not like a window, but something shatters, something small and glass broke? has broken upstairs. Um, you guys faintly hear it from this room that you're in. As far as you understand, no one else should be here. Mm-hmm. Did Gabriel hear it as well? Yeah, you both heard it and it kind of interrupted like, your conversation. I'm going to go see what that is. You head up the stairs and you walk into a room and there is a cat here sitting <gasps> on top of a desk and it's like looking at you and meowing. It, it doesn't look like it's a fat cat, but it's one of those cats is like super fluffy that looks like (laughs) um white with like brown and orange spots Uh he's got a collar on with a small rolled up piece of paper kind of like slid through Mm. one of the metal loops on it this cat's just looking at you you sebastian oh my god (laughs) Uh, yes he lifts his head up and kind of like puts his neck in your direction and is like this is for you. Take it. Oh, and take it. Can I? It's like, and your name is, as I unravel it. Name's Rook. Rook, a pleasure. It, this is a letter from Baz in a nice, nicer than what he should be capable of uh, handwriting. <laughs> it looks um, fairly small and, and delicate. And it, it basically thanks you for the help and that he apologizes for uh-huh. not being able to stick around and help you with more of the things that you were trying to do. But some of the people that he is currently not enslaved, but indentured to. Working um, with <coughs> for the extended is, period of time. Needed him back right away, and he doesn't really have the ability to stay in the material plane for very long. Um, and he had to come back to the Feywild to deal with more issues. But he presents you in this letter with a power word in your native language Mm -hmm. that he tells you is a word that will summon Rook in case you need to communicate with him and in case you might need him for any reason. Rook will be able to send these letters back and forth between you and Baz. And if you ever need Baz to just summon Rook and ask him to bring Baz in, and Baz will be there as soon as he can. And then the letter ends with dictated but not written by Baz. Right! (laughs) (coughs) This is awesome. I have a magical cat sailor man (laughs) that has an elemental booty call at the end. (laughs) He's like, gotta get going. And he jumps up into the rafters and walks off into the shadowy corner of the the rafters where you normally Mm -hmm. perch. Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't hear him up there anymore. I call after him, even though he's gone. Thank you. (laughs) 